Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. Listen to me, Georgia. You were saying before we started the show that you were tired. You get untired. It's disruption time. I, but I'm so tired. No, no, you're not. I, I'm, I'm fully, I'm fully in favor of a sleepy cast. I'm good with that, Georgia. I, I'm on, I'm on team sleepy. Team sleepy. Team Dudu. Micah, come on, tell me you're caffeinated, dude. Help me out here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Caffeine. Come on, yell! Like, ah! I, I should not. <laughs> I should I not. Should not sh- I should not shout. He should, he should not shout. It would be a- no, Mike, Micah. The, Micah. The response to that is, I don't do that. Oh, you're right. I don't That's do true. that. That's, That's right. I learned that <laughs> from somebody. Old. Should you That's just yell this, Micah? Can you go, Mitzi? It's time to go for a walk. No, no, because then my door will st- like get broken down by my tiny, tiny dog. I don't see Mitzi breaking down any doors anytime soon. I'm just, I'm not. No offense, Mitzi. It's no offense. I'm telling you, the rat terrier in that dog, <laughs> the leg, her legs are so strong and powerful. It's just, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, that that would be a very bad idea. You, you know what you need, Micah, is you need one of those dog parker things that I tweeted at you the other day for your house, and then you know when when you start the podcast, you just pay that company, you know, for every ten minutes that we're that we're podcasting <laughs> to keep to keep Mitzi in the soundproof box. That will unlock as soon as we're done recording the podcast because nothing could possibly go wrong with that. That breaks my heart. <laughs> Soundproof box for a poor dog. See, uh, see, Georgia, I feel like you can't critique Mitzi without like critiquing yourself. Like, because you yourself <laughs> are a lot of power in a very small package. I mean, this you're is true. like you're like four foot one, I believe. I don't have a good scale of this. It's shorter being, every time. Being seven feet tall. Uh I believe you're about four foot one. And I had to tell you, if I were betting on you and Steven a fight, I would completely pick Georgia. Oh yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Unless the fight involved playing cards on a table, I'm pretty sure that Georgia's gonna win. I just love that I've been I've now been um you know uh referenced to a chihuahua. <laughs> I I'm I'm referencing power in small packages. Oh, okay, okay. Like a juicer, like a masticating juicer. Like a juicer. Yeah. juicer or a sports car. Like right, my car right. is very small compared to my husband's uh what's the model he has? It's the Dodge Earth Challenger. Destroyer four thousand. No, it's the Earth Destroyer two thousand. Um <laughs> That sounds good. You should name cars. If nothing else works out, you should name cars for a living because I totally want to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Georgia. All right. So it's, uh, you guys ready to start the show? I thought we started. I thought this was the show. Is this in the show? <laughs> recording, recording and ready. So today is a dark day for America as congressional Republicans voted to repeal Obamacare, uh, structuring their placement as a giveaway uh, to the wealthy and that's going to allow discrimination to uh, LGBT people and also prohibit uh, rape victims from even qualifying for health insurance in the first place. But before we get to any of that, I want to continue the case against Steve Lubitz today, <laughs> um, who does not care for Puya Puya Tetris. Steve, what does it feel to be like a threat to American well-being? Um, well, I mean, I am the patriarchy, so you know that that's kind of goes to the territory, right? I mean, that's that's my job as a representative on the show of the pa- of the white patriarchy. So you know, I, I have to be pretty much ruin fun and all things that are good and kind and wholesome. That's my job on the show. So Georgia, you like Puyo Puyo? I really do. I love Puyo. Wait, what? Can you hang on? Wait a minute. Back up. Can you do that again, please? It's my, it's one what? of my favorite games. Right, it's awesome. It's so cute. So okay, so see, you seem mentally well adjusted. Steve, what's going on? Did you hear? Did you not hear what I just? No. Okay, continue, please. Steve, Steve, what's up? Explain yourself. I, I'm a terrible person. That's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I like it. I just haven't had 
time to boot up the PlayStation when I am got home from work, so. That doesn't seem like a good enough excuse. Yeah, like, Steve, you use two excuses on our show every week. It's like, spin the wheel, flip the coins. <laughs> it could be daughters, or I had a project at work. Just, like, flip the coin. And I don't know, you should add another one into the mix. Like, maybe Mitzi came and burst down your door. That's true. She's See, the, 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 the truth, Bree, is that if I spend my time mastering Puyo Puyo Tetris, that's I think it's those uh, are, masticating, masticating well, yeah. Puyo Puyo. Yeah, no. If I if I put my time into the double auger of juicers, that is Puyo Puyo Tetris. That's just you know games that I'm not grinding towards Legend and Hearthstone. You know that I have to I have to prioritize my uh, my leisure time, and I apparently am a masochist who likes to slam my head against um, losing over and over again, as opposed to playing a fun game that involves adorable blobs that are in space, floating through space and time for some reason. A masochist. Did you, did you play the adventure mode in that game, by the way? Because I, I, I did, I did. But I, before we get to that, I want to take a step back and like explain to our audience what the frack we're talking about, just in case <laughs> they don't know what Puyo Puyo and Tetris is. So uh, this is a game uh, that I've been really excited about. And at first they weren't going to bring it to the United States. So they brought it to Switch. Uh, and what it is, is it's a, it's a, it's basically a remake of Puyo Puyo, uh, Puyo Puyo Fever which is a fantastic GameCube game. Uh, it's based on a classic Sega Genesis game called Dr. Robotnik's Green uh, Mean Bean Machine. And oh, it's really, really, really... Oh, yeah, oh. it's fantastic. Because I know I played that game on like the Genesis classic things, but I didn't make the connection that those two games were, were the same thing. Yeah, and the Puyo Puyo arcade game, too. Yeah, all of those together. So uh, it's basically a remake of this extremely, extremely good game that I think is better than Tetris. Uh, Mm. It really uh, rewards you setting up huge combos Mm -hmm. and really thinking spatially. Uh, So they they put this game together with Tetris in what is like one of the cutest, most fun packages uh, I've ever seen. There's every mode you can think about. There's four player local mode. There is uh, online multiplayer. Uh, you have different modes where you, know, you can play Puyo Puyo or Tetris. One person can play Puyo and challenge a Tetris player. You can play modes where it switches between the two boards every few seconds. So like you're having to keep two board memories uh, in your mind at the same time. And it's only $30. So uh, this is just an absolutely exceptional game. So anyway, Steve, what were you saying? I, I, that I'm a terrible person? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's really clever. The problem is that w- the one time that I did start to play it, I made the mistake of going into story mode. And it's adorable, mm. but it's like I, I yeah. was excited to play Puyo Puyo Tetris. And then I spent like 10 minutes – reading through dialogue and then I finally got to the game and I was kind of, it kind of sucked my energy out of it by the time that I got to it. You know what I mean? So I'm looking forward to, I think I need to try a different mode or something to get more into it. Like I played one game of the, the fusion mode where you're play What? I, I, th- I don't like fusion. Oh mode. really? Okay. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's, that was my mistake because it's, there's a fusion mode where you're playing Puyo Puyo and Tetris on the same board at the same time. So what happens is that you're playing – you're placing Tetris pieces and trying to make lines with the Tetris pieces and also trying to make matches with the Puyo pieces. And if you play a Tetris piece on top of the Puyo pieces, it, like, pushes them down. So you're playing Tetris, like, underneath Puyo Puyo, which is interesting, but it's also very mentally taxing to try to figure out, like, what's going to happen when you play a Tetris piece because it, like, shuffles all the – all the pieces and they kind of scatter. So maybe I just, maybe I just started with the wrong mode and it felt like I needed to be more like mentally there when I was playing the game. And so maybe I'll try what, what mode do you think I should, I should start with? Uh, just Puya, straight up Puya Puya mode. Okay. Uh, like just play through the adventure. Um, I skip all the dialogue just yeah. because they're just, it's like five minutes of two sprites talking yeah. to each other with a bad plot. And yeah. It's just not. <laughs> so wait, Brie, are you saying that, that, that um, this puzzle game is better without a story? 
It shouldn't even have tried, Georgia. It shouldn't even have tried. I am saying there is a fantastic story. You could tell with Amity and, uh, you know, Arlie and Carbuncle and all the characters of this game. Uh, But this isn't it. This is not it. Because it's just them. I need the that needs to be like a ringtone. I need that. I don't know. We should sell that in pandas.biz store or something. <laughs> that's that's that that's great. literal dialogue from the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, so just skip over that. Okay. So yeah, definitely better without a story. <laughs> All right, so I, I've been playing Puyo Puyo Tetris wrong is what I'm learning from this conversation. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I'm not a monster. I'm just I'm just misguided. That does not well, actually mean you're a monster, not a monster, though. But- yeah, yeah. Sure. So, Micah, I have to tell you, like, like you, I, I think you would really enjoy this game because uh, I don't know what it's like for you, but I am always looking for games to play with, uh, you know, my spouse, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to find good games that are casual and accessible that anyone can play it, and like anyone knows Tetris. So, what's such a blast with this is being able to sit down and really have fun with uh, Frank, like adjusting all the handicaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that uh, you you make a very good point there. And like regarding me, I have the most fun playing games when I can play them with other people, and that is like exclusively my uh, my barrier to entry. I guess if if it's a game that I can you know sit around and play with friends or play with my my significant other or whoever, then those are the games that I have the most fun with. Uh, and and here I kind of like the idea that one person can play Puyo Puyo, one person can play Tetris, and kind of battle it out in those two cases. And it, yeah, that that is the most appealing thing to me is is kind of going at it on something that is not very difficult to get the hang of. And I have a question for you. You talked about how Pagel uh, is one of those games where, yes, as you become better at it in the end, like it averages out, you can win more. But the good thing about it is anybody can win, even if like you're the best and you're versing a new player, sometimes that new player can win. Do you see that same thing for Tetris slash or Puyo Puyo Tetris? Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, by the way, like this happened with Steve's daughters. I was over at his house and I picked up uh, Peckle 2 and they kicked my butt like three games out of four or it was two games out of three or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's just the game. Like anyone can win any game. Uh, Puyo Puyo is a little more skill based. Like mm-hmm. if you've got someone that can consistently set up a three chain or a four chain, they're just going to destroy someone that can only set up a two chain. But uh, you know the the Tetris player is on pretty much even footing uh, with the with the Puyo Puyo player. So yeah, definitely. Um, and just one more thing on that note, you know, to me, um, this is like the killer game for Switch. It seems like you can buy it on PlayStation Four if you'll go get a physical copy. But like this is the kind of game that's just begging for the Nintendo Switch to like take it with you and you know play out in the wild with people. Uh, like to be honest, the next time I see a Switch, I'm going to pick it up to be able to play this like uh, when I'm on vacation with Frank or whatever. Because uh, I... it really looks good. Can I milk a cow in this game? Probably. The story is weird enough that you probably can. Sold. All right, good. I'm sold then. <laughs> Georgia, Georgia, what do you think? What do you think? Are you going to get a switch now? I probably will not. I, I still love, like, like the Puyo Puyo arcade game is, like, one of my favorite uh, games. I really love that game. It's so much fun to play. It is really, like, when you get skilled at it, it becomes a really complex game because you can go from, like, winning to to completely losing in a matter of seconds. And uh, it's not enough for me to get a Switch because, you know, I have uh, the MAME instead. But I I can fully see that this would be a fun game to be able to play and take out. So I get why it would make the Switch more attractive. Well, so that that were, there was that article that I sent you this week, Georgia, about them hacking the the switch to play it in VR. So maybe you, if you could play Puyo Puyo Tetris in VR, then that would be enough for you to buy a switch. Uh, you could play your Puyo Puyo Tetris on an arcade cabinet in virtual reality, and it's like everything that Georgia Dow wants in one one spot. I'm intrigued. You could actually claw your hands into the Puyos and turn them into juice. <laughs> 
all roads lead back to juice here oh, on disruption. That is that's wrong. <laughs> uh, let's let me let me put a smile on everyone's face before we get into the depressing news, and then we'll we'll hit up the depressing news and and uh, keep the show rolling along. This episode of Disruption is brought to you by PDF Pin from Smile. We love you, Smile. PDF Pin equips you with everything you need for more powerful PDF editing, and we have some great news. The new PDF Pin Nine is now available, and it's the ultimate tool for editing your PDFs. You can upgrade now to PDF pin nine to go totally paperless. And it, that just sounds cool. Totally paperless, bro. And enjoy over 100 enhancements that will improve your PDF editing workflow. PDF pin nine comes with some great new features as well. You can add notes, comments, and cloud annotations to your PDF documents and even fill out and sign interactive PDF forms. You can access annotations and their content in the sideboard and sidebar rather, not cyborg. I like cyborgs. Cyborgs yeah. and copy annotation content as text. And you can also find and highlight all instances of a word, which is, of course, super useful, along with being able to remove OCR text layers and create links to other PDF files. Sometimes those OCR text layers do get in the way and you're trying to highlight something and it's just like, no, I don't want that. You also have the option to export in grayscale and to JPEG, PNG, and 1-bit TIFF. PDF Pin Pro 9 enhances table of content editing and now adds OCR for Chinese, Japanese, and Korean, which is awesome. With PDF Pin 9, you can edit your documents wherever you are. You just use iCloud or Dropbox for totally seamless editing. You can get everything you need for more powerful PDF editing by going to smilesoftware.com slash disruption. Once again, that's smilesoftware.com slash disruption, the name of our show. Thank you so much to PDF Pin from Smile, who are the very best, for their support of our show. So, ready to not smile? Yeah! <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's do it, Micah. Come on. As Brie mentioned, uh, the House has passed a tragedy of epic propor- of epic proportions. That is the Republican Health Bill, the AHCA. Uh, the original draft of the bill got some very scathing uh, grades from the Congressional Budget Office, and at the last second, the Republicans doubled down on the this terrible bill by adding even more nonsense and nastiness to an already trash bill. I'm just going to lay it all out there. Uh, I'll, I'll go through some some little tips here, and then we'll kind of uh, break this out into the larger discussion. Uh, first of all, it is, an at- it is an attack on essentially anyone who is not rich healthy with you know with everything everything health across the board with no pre-existing conditions it is an attack on every other person in the United States many people in their 60s would see their premiums rise by thousands of dollars the bill allows states to opt out of providing benefits and treatments that were listed as essential under the affordable care act so there were some treatments including Women health, women's health care, and loads of other things involving depression, anxiety, and, and mental health concerns that were listed as essential under the Affordable Care Act that are now uh, states don't have to follow those rules. Over 10 Gender years... Gender confirmation surgery for transgender people, we've got to throw that in there. Absolutely. That's gone. It's history. If this passes, so Medicaid is going to take a huge hit and it's estimated that 14 million people will not be covered by 2026. And we are going to see uh, th- this is, I think, a very big thing as well. The, it's said that four billion dollars in, in Medicaid reimbursements were uh, were given out to of individuals uh, who required special education, and seventy percent of special education healthcare professionals took those reimbursements, and now that money's going to be gone. If you have asthma, if you have ADHD like me and like Steve, if you have a prior cesarean, history of cancer, depression, postpartum depression, if you've ever been sexually assaulted, if you've ever donated a kidney to save somebody's life. Those are all things that count as pre-existing conditions in this new round, and it is estimated that 29,000 people will die in a year 
because of the lack of insurance, and over 20 million people will lose insurance entirely. They call this bill Trump Care. I don't understand why the word care is being thrown around at all, because there is no care here. So let's talk. Uh, I think I just really want to stress how bad this bill is for women. Uh, right now in the United States, uh, if you have uh, vaginal birth, which is rare and rare, with absolutely no complications whatsoever, your cost is practically $10,000. It's $9,700. That is to have a baby without complication. And God help you if you have to pay for neonatal care or like Jimmy Kimball's uh, situation they talked mm-hmm. about this week where his uh, child was born with a heart defect. $10,000 if everything goes right. And according to this bill, the cost of having a pregnancy will go up 420% past that. This bill, if you are a rape survivor, that sexual trauma qualifies as a pre-existing condition. Basically, you can become president of the United States if you sexually assault someone, but you cannot get health care. Steve, you may be interested to know that people on the autism spectrum can get, expect their premiums to increase by more than 130%, according to one study I saw on this. This is an absolute travesty. And the thing that makes me, there are so many things that make me angry about this, but the pictures of the people that passed this bill, there's not a black person at that table. There's not a woman at that table. The one picture of like the Republicans celebrating after this, you can kind of barely see one woman's head looking down. And that's it. And the rest of it is just see to see white men. And we got to talk about this, guys. The thing that makes me almost just as mad, okay, not almost, but it really upsets me, is when this bill passed mm-hmm. in the House, the House Democrats had the temerity to start singing, hey, 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 goodbye, gleefully, with joy on their faces to the Republicans because they thought it would help them score a cheap political point in 2018. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, as somebody running for office, I see this attitude everywhere where any policy is not talked about in terms of what happens to the American voters behind closed doors, but just who it's going to help when what. And when I talk to people in District 8 that right or left are beyond furious at a broken political system, the Democrats going out there being gleeful because they think they've scored a political point for 2018, while our healthcare system is in shambles, is a perfect picture of why the Democrats are part of this problem too. So I could talk. I could just yell for an hour, but I'll give the floor away. It's and, and <laughs> well, and I mean, it's the media too, and it's it's like you know re- reporting on it as a win for Trump. Like, who gives a crap? Who yes! cares? Good God! Like, Good God! It's. <laughs> I mean, the fact that I mean, when you look, I tweeted out today and I'll put it in the show notes. I re, I I quote tweeted something from Igor Volsky of like a list of all the precondition pre-existing conditions. And it's like, I don't understand who qualifies for health insurance after this. Uh, you know, when you read through it, it's like not even like a, you know, a cesarean section. It says pregnancy of self spouse or significant other. So anyone who's ever had a child that counts as a pre-existing condition. Uh, what and what's what's frustrating more than not more than anything because the the result is the most frustrating thing. But like we've talked on this show about the law being like the source code of government, right? And what they've done is basically like testing in production, which is if you've ever worked in any sort of a programming environment, it happens, but it's pretty much the cardinal sin. And that they're not even waiting for people to be able to read it. They're not waiting for the Congressional Budget Office to be able to even say what the effect of this thing is going to be before they're slamming a vote through. Is just, it. it's so reckless that, you know, even if, you absolutely like need a vote to happen. How are you supposed to vote on something that is this consequential to pretty much every person who lives in the United States of America without doing 
a basic amount of due diligence to understand what the implications are going to be. It's just it, it's like there's a, a a angry monkey at the steering wheel of the country and just driving straight towards a cliff. Bree, I'm so glad that you touched on the the democratic response there because I'm glad that I'm not alone in my when I saw that come across, I it it instantly showed the where the status quo is and that that yeah, they're legitimately celebrating the fact that they made such a poor decision because that means that people are not going to uh, be or that they hope and they think that that means that the American people are going to be voting for uh, for Democrats coming up and to just to just look at this and celebrate a win for themselves instead of the loss of life that has been estimated and the loss of coverage that has been estimated and to celebrate in this time is just it's so callous and it's so wrong and it's so frustrating. There, there's nothing to celebrate here. There's no. There's on either side. This is not something that even if it helps you politically, like that's the that's how we got into this whole mess in the first place is a bunch of people who are in power, who care more about staying in power than they do about what the effect of what they're doing is going to have on people. No, people people are going to die because of this. People are going to die. Other people are going to have to make really horrific life choices and the amount of people, like, you should never have to choose whether you want to reattach a finger or be able to eat. That's ridiculous. And, and and it's also really galling when it's clear that it doesn't affect them because the the Congress has their own health care plan, which, unless there was something changed in one of the last-minute amendments, is completely excluded from everything that the law they're passing. So they, they should have – the first thing that they should have is that they have to go by the plan of which they create, Period. Period. But even if they do, they're all they're all rich enough that they can afford. No, but they're they all rich enough. Like but that. then at least if they lose their money, they have to think then. Oh well, wait a second. Something could happen, or it could be my family member. But that they, their family members, and their aides get to go under a separate system. It makes it really easy to cut out other people. So, that Georgia, becomes- I have to say something about that because I think yeah. you've really hit the nail on the head here. You know, Steve, when you and I are developing software, we have a concept called dog fooding. And what that means is we have to use the products that we develop. If I don't use uh, Mac OS and I try to develop a program for Mac OS, I'm not going to understand the, the the standards, the OS interface. Like if I try to like ship something that looks like Windows because I use Windows, it's going to be a bad product. I think in that same way, Georgia, when I am representing the people of Massachusetts, one of the first things I'm going to do is put forward a bill because I do believe Congress should have the exact same health care mm-hmm. that we vote for the people in our districts to have. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like the gold-plated version of it. I'm saying nope. the same, the yeah. same plan, yeah, exactly. the same pre-existing conditions, the same deductibles, the same, you know, catastrophic things. It just doesn't make sense for them to get something that's radically different. In fact, I would take it even further. I would say the people that represent us in Congress deserve to get the same, um, like salary that people in our districts have. I think we should be making the exact same money that people in our districts do. And I realize that's not anything that is going to like get a lot of excitement unless we get a new Congress put forward. But we got to start dogfooding the crappy mm-hmm. legislation that we put out. Because the truth is, this is, this is I, I have to say this, guys. Like when you run for office, I have such a different perspective on this than I did six months ago. Because the first thing that happens is you're avalanche with consultants that want to tell you X, Y, and Z. And they tell you what you can say. And like, I have people there texting me and they're like, Bree, don't don't mention racial justice because that's not going to play well with the the Democrats, the white Democrats in that area. And I'm like, what is this? The Dixie crap party? Like, is that what we are back in the Dixie crap party where I'm not allowed to talk about this? And what happens is the party spends, you are surrounded by people that we spend all this time listening to each other. You know, when um, Rome finally fell 
And the citizenry came through to like look at what was actually happening in the halls of power. What they found were a bunch of people that were sitting around and were obsessed with astrology to like figure out what the cards were reading. That's, that was the ruling class that had run them into the ground. And in that same way, I think that's what Congress is. Because money, like when you are that distanced from the people that you serve, clearly something changes about you. It becomes really easy, especially when, if you take a look at the uh, uh, the lawmakers the, that were allowing the ISPs to sell your user information, it's just you throw enough money at someone, you own them. It's just what happens. And I don't, like, you know, it's nice, like, we kind of sit on our high horses and say, you know, well, you know, I, I get it. I totally get it. Someone gave me a million dollars. Would they be able to buy me? Like, I'd love, it's really easy for me with no million dollars in front of me to say, no, of course not. It's something that is inherent in the system. And it's like the one ring. Like, like I would totally be like, yeah, give me the ring. Give me the ring. I'll be different, right? Give me all the power. I totally get it. We need to change <laughs> right. the system so that we are all protected from ourselves. It's too easy to say that we would not do it. I guarantee 99% of people would take the ring, and I think 1% of people would, would have lost the ring because they were just too clumsy, but they would have tried to take the ring. It's just the way that people are, and that's fine, but then we need to have put in place a system so that we protect people from ourselves. I have a quiz. I would like everyone to uh, think up what these countries all have in common. I, I know, you already know, but still, we're going to do the quiz. Okay, Ready? So we have Botswana, Ghana, Seychelles, Rwanda, Bhutan. What do all of those countries have in common? Yeah, what is happening? Your country is only as strong as your weakest, your poorest, your sickest. If you cannot take care of your sick, the the thing about all of these plans is they help the rich and they help corporations, and they help insurance companies. They don't help people. And that's a huge problem. And I love that in the U.S. they they found a way to make these plans seem like they're protecting people by giving these um, really fancy names of like, you know, the really caring for every person, and then they like the plan is all about gutting you. Um, I I want to I want to touch on something. I uh, definitely don't want these facts to slide by uh, to, related to this this AHCA. Uh, so one of the things that the AHCA wants to do is defund Planned Parenthood. Uh, there are sixty five Planned Parenthood locations around the U.S. that offer transition related medical care uh, for 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 trans citizens. And if the AHCA is passed in the Senate and Planned Parenthood is defunded, then those locations are obviously going to struggle to be able to provide those things. Also. With Obamacare in place, there were restrictions uh, for insurance providers to deny coverage for trans Americans and trans children. Uh, with the AHCA, those those protections, those restrictions would obviously go away. And when you when you look at both of those things, when you look at the fact that now there aren't going to be Planned Parenthood locations that offer that support and offer that medical care, and you look at the fact that suddenly insurance providers can count being trans as a pre-existing condition, not only is it horrible in and of itself, but it also reaffirms to trans individuals that they are seen as less than in the United States. And I will, I don't know the exact number, but I know that trans suicide in the United States is constantly high. And it's four times that of cisgender people. It is four times that of cisgender people. And in addition to this, Micah, they're looking at passing. Uh, Trump is expected tomorrow to unveil a separate executive order that's going to allow religious discrimination against transgender peoples. What this means, there are, there are cases on record of, and this tends to happen most to transgender women of color, where they will be dying in the streets and they will need health care, and then the ambulance will just let them die. 
will just let you die in the street. And Trump's executive order will make it that much, make it absolutely legal to discriminate against health care for transgender people. I literally do not know a single transgender person that's not terrified about this. Mm-hmm. Guys, this stuff really matters. Mm-hmm. This really matters. And I mean, it's go time. And what I need every disruption listener to do is go out there, scream at your congressman or woman as soon as you read this. Go yell at them. Like, let them know this is absolutely unacceptable. Let them know you're pissed because the Senate, which is our only hope to stop this travesty, is going to be looking at what the blowback is in the House. So this really matters. And your friends could die because of this. And guys, I will tell you this. Like, if I... I was already running for office, but if I weren't, like, this would get me involved. And I really need disruption listeners to get out there. Normal people, people that never imagine themselves as public officials, you don't have a choice. Because these jackasses, like, in charge of this stuff, they are almost criminally irresponsible with this. Mm -hmm. We don't have a choice. I would much rather be developing games, but we've got to go, like, get the Congress back in reasonable hands. And I have to say, that includes the Democrats. You know, Nancy Pelosi came out with a statement this week where she's like, yeah, women's access to reproductive health care, ah, not really a deal breaker for the for the Democratic Party. You can, you can yeah, yeah, it doesn't really matter. And it's like, that is the leader that has overseen a devastating loss of women's rights over the last 20 years. Like, the entire system is broken. We've got to get new blood in there. Senator uh, Sherrod Brown of Ohio listed all of the preconceived, uh, pre-existing conditions that would not be covered under this uh, CARE Act. And it goes through AIDS, acid reflux. He starts with AIDS. Acne, ADD, addiction, Alzheimer's, anemia, aneurysms, angioplasty, anorexia, anxiety, arrhythmia, arthritis, asthma, atrial fibrillation, autism. He continues, it is pages and pages of things, just pages of things that would not be covered. And and the other thing is that for if if you work for a corporation like like I do. Um, it's sometimes easy to not pay a ton of attention to this stuff. Not that you can really avoid it, but it, you, it's easy to think that you're not affected by this because this, uh, the Obamacare and, and the ACA or the, the same thing, but, um, is pre- predominantly been for people who are getting health insurance on their own because, um, you know, when you're getting it through your employer, it's these, a lot of these things don't apply, but because of a, guidance that the Obama administration gave a few years ago that says that the that the insurance company or the uh, the corporations that are buying health insurance can use whatever state they choose to base their you know their regulations on or what or what they offer now whatever the weakest state is that chooses to how they choose to implement this is basically going to be the law of the land so of course that yeah so course, even yeah. so even if you've been getting your health insurance through your employer and you think that none of this applies to you it does all of a sudden because if one of those one of those states that just doesn't want to do anything decides to pass that as a law as far as how they're going to implement this this new law then every corporation that is currently doing like a wellness program because they all are because that's how they save money is going to look at this and say, well, we could save a lot more money if we just go this way. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, your health insurance is giving you a lot less coverage and is going to get a lot more expensive, just like everybody else's. Micah, I wanted, I wanted to take it over to you. I mean, for you as, you know, you know, someone bisexual and also someone black, I mean, it's hard to not look at this bill and see, like, it really looks like it's targeting 
many of our most vulnerable Americans, including you know black Americans. I mean, yeah. and other people of color. I mean, what what would you want people to know about this? I mean, what what is your perspective? You know, I I grew up seeing so many of my family members, and even still to this day, and and even people in my family that you know that aren't people of color who are lacking health insurance just in general. And when, quote unquote, Obamacare came along, when the Affordable Care Act came along, it was a beacon of light. It was finally an opportunity to to get health insurance instead of having to wait six months or six, six weeks, eight weeks to get in at the county health uh, location to get care for something as simple as uh, a bad tooth. And now we're looking at a situation where, as as you all have mentioned, the, there are people who will continue to make the decision to not go and get help from the doctor. I mean, I think for a lot of for 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 people who aren't aware, for quote unquote non woke people, uh, the thought of like not going to the dentist every six months or not going to the doctor when you're feeling feeling ill or not going to see a specialist when something's going wrong is just beyond them. But that's the life that I lived. And it's it's something that I still see in many of my family members to this day and in friends. And this decision, if it passes the Senate, is going back to those times. And I can remember uh, being a little kid and having asthma attacks and not knowing what in the world was going on. And finally, I was able to get into the doctor. And the doctor said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell the insurance companies that this isn't asthma, because if we tell them it's asthma, they're not going to take care of you. And you're going to have to pay for the asthma, for the inhaler out of pocket, which was something that my family could not do. So it was allergy-induced asthma, and that was the only way to let that get past. Now I look at me, <laughs> I look at myself and the, and the different uh, pre-existing conditions that I have and think of family members with those same pre-existing conditions, and it's terrifying because we're going back to that time when so much remains uncovered and we're going back to a time when people literally make the decision to die instead of go to the doctor and take on debt because that's that's like the main thing. I, I have a friend who has cancer and shared today a, or it has had cancer and you know it's 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 in a good place now but shared the bill $100,000 for one visit. And insurance helped in the past, and insurance under the AHCA would not help anymore. It's terrifying, and I think that a lot of people are literally going to die. And that's why this is so frustrating to me, and it's so hurtful to think that people are, on one side, just letting this stuff go through and voting for it, and on the other side, celebrating the fact that it passed, because it means they get to stay in office and see more of their friends make it into the office. So I'm frustrated, and I think a lot of people in America are hurt, and they're going to hurt, and there's going to be lots of hurt. That's how I feel about it. I think that's a good place to leave it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, let's right. forget something happy. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, talk, let's talk about something a little bit lighter so that we're not... It literally, this, <laughs> this is, uh, the, the Microsoft Surface laptop is lighter than any other <laughs> piece of hardware that Microsoft has made before. Uh, any other piece of, of laptop hardware that Microsoft has made. So, uh, not so long ago, Microsoft announced that it was going to be, uh, offering what they're calling the Surface laptop. It's going to ship in June, June 15th to be precise, and it costs a thousand dollars. It is being touted as the MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro Air that Apple didn't make, and <laughs> it has a, a beautiful trackpad, a beautiful screen that interestingly, I think the most interesting thing about the screen is that the aspect ratio is 3-2. Uh, it's got 
a, a brilliant display. It works with the Surface Pen. It's got 10-point multi-touch trackpad, and it's got a Core i5 or a Core i7, depending on which one you get. Solid-state drive through and throughout, which, thank God, finally someone's saying, we aren't offering silly, silly, uh, you know, spinning platter drives anymore. It's got good graphics and... Uh, all of the things that you know we've come to appreciate about Apple laptops, as well as interestingly, I think the most interesting thing here is the fabric-covered keyboard. I know, so the keys, yeah. right? I didn't think I was going to be as impressed with that as I am. I think that, like, I so. My favorite thing that Apple has made in a long time actually is the smart keyboard uh, that you attach to an iPad Pro. I love that thing, and I love it because it is that that weird, like, it just feels really good on the fingers, and there's hardly any movement to it, but there's something about that fabric covering that just feels nice, and I love to type on. So I now we've got this... Thing. Really? I really? I oh, so I, I love that. <laughs> so. Wrong. People are saying that this... I love that George is whispering that. It feels wrong. He did. I'm going to start doing... Micah, please keep talking. I'm going to do the Georgia Georgia thing. This laptop is being touted as a... Like something that Apple should have made and is, you know, another thing that Apple... Or that are going to draw people away from Apple. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe maybe it won't. But I think this is certainly interesting coming from Apple. So I'm curious to hear what you all think about this new device and if it has any interest for you, similar to the... Well, what was it called? The Surface Studio? Yeah. Uh, is that what it's called? The thing that came out a while back yeah, that, yeah, was that was just absolutely that was gorgeous. It yeah. It's the thing with the, the dial. Yeah. Surface Studio. <laughs> so yeah, uh, let's let's go around Robin and, and and hear what you all think about this. What I have to say is like it's a beautiful device. It is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So for me, um, now that I'm living in the, the age where I don't know if I have health insurance or not, I feel like it's rather important for me to have airbags in my car. Um, and <laughs> You're finally going to get finally, the airbags in the car. Finally. And uh, one of the things I need to fix my airbags is uh, it's a thing, and I don't know how to say this. It's, it's a Microsoft it's, Surface laptop. It's, it's VAG <laughs> slash com, so I'm going to call it VAGCOM. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, my Lord. We're going to pronounce that VAGCOM. Good idea. Uh, <laughs> but this is, it goes through your car's ODB2 port, and uh, dude, like this is, Steve, if you looked at this tool, like it is, it is exactly what you expect to see in like a development studio. It's basically how to reprogram your car's computer. Um, and one of the things I've found is uh, my piece of garbage uh, conventional hard drive laptop is not strong enough to run this software to reprogram my computer's uh, airbag computer because it requires a lot of diagnostics. So I'm actually, like, it's funny this comes out at like a sub $1,000 price point when I'm looking for something exactly like this, like a lightweight, reasonably priced uh, Windows laptop that is, you know, super portable. Um, I just think this is an amazing machine. I think it shows how on their game Microsoft is, and I think it shows the the very strong value that they're bringing for the money now. The knock on Microsoft for a long time was that they just didn't have any design sense. Like, and I think that these look you could you could mistake this for a MacBook for a MacBook Air or a MacBook Pro. Like, it looks on par with that, and I think that's really all you'd want from microsoft is something that is comparable to like uh, the the touch barless macbook pro like i don't think that this is the hardware like if i was going to be buying a, a computer right now like i don't know that this is the hardware i would want only because the because the the graphics processor isn't much better than what you're going to get in a macbook pro from what i can see it's still the the top end is still iris graphics but that's that's my personal requirements but i could absolutely see recommending something like this to somebody who wanted really wants a laptop there are a lot an ipad or or a tablet is going to be fine for a lot of people but there are still some people and i'm one of them who doesn't like that form factor and prefer just to have a laptop and this is a really nice looking you know modern looking laptop with you know with a decent hardware that you wouldn't be embarrassed to be taking out in public um, I think I think it's a really big step for Microsoft that they can build stuff like this. I mean, I've been seeing some people with like the Surface Pro 
around the office. And I'll tell you, I like how that looks. It's a sexy machine. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And, you know, the fact that I know that even with the Iris graphics, I'd probably be able to run some games on it. Unlike my. You can run Hearthstone, dude. Like with the. Because it's not on Mac OS, OS, you're not going to have the 25% OpenGL performance penalty. So that that same graphics card is going to be much better. Can I ask a question? That was no, my high school no, band, no, Mac Georgia. OS performance penalty. Georgia, please, question. please, please. What's your please. question? What's up? Can it play VR? I yes. don't think so. Can it? Yes, no, it will play VR at 60 frames a second flawlessly. <laughs> I want to tell you, is Is there a laptop that can do that? It is, yes, yes, Mike. There it is. is confirmed that you can play Robo Recall, and it will run two games of Robo Recall at the same time, Georgia, I believe. I mean, legit, legitimately, is there a laptop out there that can that can run VR? Uh, there's that ba- there's that backpack computer, isn't there? Is there somebody <laughs> made somebody made a computer that like fits in a backpack so you can walk around and do VR? Yeah, but that's not like that's specifically made just for VR, right? And then you carry it around like a backpack. It's not like yeah, if you want to play VR wearing like you know twenty pounds of hardware. Yeah, it, it looks like you're carrying a transformer around on your back. Is <laughs> I've not seen that, Micah. I would not be surprised if some of the new Razors would do it. But uh, honestly, yeah. like if you're hardcore about VR, you need to get a real machine to uh, because like just hitting that bare minimum requirement, it's not going to be enough. Like you want to go a little above it. Yeah, Dal, yeah. that's not a legit question. No, <laughs> shut your damn mouth. Wow. Try, try again, Georgia Dow. <laughs> That escalated. You can't stop out my joy. So to be fair, there there is one criticism to be made about this laptop because, you know, I I did see a lot of people come out and say, you know, finally, I can have the MacBook Pro Air that I've always wanted. And it's not made by by Apple. It's made by Microsoft. But you have to uh, jump up the specs to to get like a fully full surface laptop to get an Intel Core i7 to get 16 gigabytes of memory and to get 512 gigabytes of solid state storage, you're going to pay about $2,200. And that's, that, that's you know, in, in the range, it's comparable to what you would get, what you'd pay if you were buying an Apple laptop in similar specs. That said, um, I do think like over anything else, I, I like I like Mac OS. I like that operating system over Windows. But I also wish that Apple would pay more attention to what Microsoft recently has been paying attention to, which is this the screen that lets you use the Surface Pin. Is that what it's called? The Surface Pin? The the cool stylus that, that Microsoft has. And like the screen is is touch and I realize what do they call it? Gorilla finger or gorilla hand or something. That's like Steve Jobs' reason for never bringing touch to uh, the Mac. I don't care. I think it's really cool that you can touch the screen and that you can draw on it with this pin. And I would love to have that on on Mac. So Windows continues to surprise and delight for me, which is something that um for me at least, and this is a personal opinion, Georgia, uh Apple has not done so much in a while. So I I really I don't know, I keep, I keep my eye on Microsoft, that's for sure. I I do want to say one more thing before we close this topic out. I think they're doing something really interesting with it. Um and I have to admit I've not read enough about Windows uh 10S. Uh, but it's basically an alternative uh, version of Windows that uh, only allows certain apps uh, to run on it. So the one at the lower price point only uh, hits Windows S and you're locked into, like you can't run Chrome on it until a version of Chrome is written to run basically Windows Lite. And I have to tell you, Micah, I think this is a really smart step for Microsoft. Uh, you know, they've had this problem of, you know, low um, spec machines, mm-hmm. you know, they get crapware loaded on it and the performance is terrible. I mean, why not have a version of Windows where everything is pared down and optimized and won't do anything and will just have the core experience running well? I think that is just an amazing idea for them. Yeah. And, and the other thing is that you can pay $50 to upgrade it to the full version of Windows 10 if, you, if that's something that you want. 
Yeah, but um, then it's going to run yeah. like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but at least, you, I mean, if you're paying extra to run to have it run like garbage, you probably know that it's going to run like garbage and can do something about it. But this I, is I, yeah. this is essentially you know heading in the way that Apple does. You know, the thing that people tout Apple. Or, or that they say makes Apple so great is the fact that it's all Apple kind of looking at things and creating an environment where everything works together so well because Apple's in charge of it. And so if Microsoft can do the same thing where everything's optimized and everything is built according to their perspective, you know, their flow and their their requirements, then yeah, you're starting to get that opportunity to create very very just in sync and very tight regulations surrounding the the specs and 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 it just will work well and run like a dream hopefully i'm sure is, is the goal there <laughs> boy that'll be the day that will be the day that'll be the day that we all switch yeah, right yeah yeah except for georgia I've seen a lot of people on Twitter like dismissing it as well it doesn't run mac os so who cares it doesn't and- work run mac os <laughs> But, I read the privacy policy. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, Georgia. Wait till you see the EULA on this. But um, I read the privacy policy. <laughs> Can you read the healthcare bill and come explain uh, it to some of the American Congress? In whispers, in whispers. But, but she can't right opt way. out of the of the healthcare bill like she can of all the to EULAs that the she doesn't accept. Because <laughs> it's scary. I'm, I'm oh, concerned. God. And, all right, all anyway, right, but right. I, you know, I think that I think that one thing that you need to that a lot of people need to keep in mind is that I don't think like Mac OS it, like I would prefer to use Mac OS in general, but I don't think it's quite the differentiator that it used to be, um, especially for people who haven't used Windows since like Windows XP. Like it's like, would I prefer to use Mac OS? Absolutely. But if I had to use Windows 10 or, or Windows 7 and like I do at my job, it's not that bad. And for most people, oh, how dare you? I know. And, and it, you know, it's. For, for most people, like, if you're looking at it, it's still, even when you, like, Micah, you were saying that, you know, it, you have to bring it up to a certain point in order to get it parity with the MacBook Pro, it's still $200 cheaper when you spec it up that way to the, to the low-end MacBook Pro. And $200 is a lot of money for some people, especially if yeah. it means not having to learn something new if, if they've been using Windows all this time. So yeah, yeah. having something that you could just recommend to people, especially if it's running something like Windows 10S, where you don't have to worry about being tech support for them whenever they install something that they shouldn't be installing. If it's somebody who's less tech savvy and your you know family tech support, as most most geeks tend to be, I, that's that's something that's easier to recommend. Yeah, I think that's well said. Okay, uh, well. Do we have any questions this week, Steve? No, we do not. So you should tell people where they can send in their questions, and then and then Georgia can uh, can answer those in the most ominous whisper possible. Well, here's what you can do. If you'd like to get in touch, here's how you can do that. Call us at 508-418-3532. That's 508-418-3532. You can tweet us. 532. <laughs> You can tweet us at underscore disruption FM with the hashtag disrupt me or send us a direct message if you'd rather keep things private. As always, we will wait. Let me try that again. As always, please let us know if we can use your name on the show. Otherwise, we will default to anonymous. If you are looking for the show notes, you can look into that app you're using right now or go to relay.fm slash disruption to find links to all the depressing things we talked about this week. If you're looking for me online, you can find me at Ch- – wait, <laughs> I forgot my own URL. You can find me at chihuahua.coffee or you can find me now weekly at the Clockwise Podcast here on Relay FM. I am replacing Jason Snell as a co-host of that show. Oh, I didn't See, know that. Congratulations. congratulations. Oh, Thank my you. gosh. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Jason is a f- wholeheartedly jumping into the new download podcast that he is starting and uh, – uh, I have been asked to replace him on the show, so I'm really pumped about working. That is amazing. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really pumped about that. So, yeah, catch me there oh, weekly. Oh, man, this means you're going to break my record. I've been on Clockwise like nine times. So. <laughs> I think I used to have the I record. Think, <laughs> oh. I don't think it counts anymore. Uh, once you become a host, like you're, you're taken out of the running, so you get yeah, to keep probably, your record. Probably. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome, Micah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Steve, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Wicked Good. 
All right. And Bree, if people are looking for you, where can they find you? I, I will answer that question just in a second, Mike. Uh, uh, Steve, so now that I have a uh, VADCOM, VEGCOM, VADCOM <laughs> technology, however you want to say that, I don't know what that is. But uh, I just want you to know I can come to your house and I can hook up my Windows laptop to your Honda minivan and we can totally frack with your fuel mixture, man. Oh, no. Like, we can do this. We can do this. We can get your horsepower up. We can change your rev limiter. <laughs> we can, we can like make it use more fuel. So it'll like go, you know, zero to 60 in 20 seconds. It's, we're really good guy pumping. Like, are you up for this this weekend? Hey, can we, can we, uh, can we unlock ludicrous speed? Yes, yes, okay. we can do that. We can do that. I can also reprogram your airbags if you would like uh, no, for me no, to do I, that. Let's, let's not do that. Let's let's. Leave I'm just the saying. I know alone. how. I know how. We have the technology. That. Yeah, yeah. Also, Georgia, before we go, um, are you awake? I'm still here. I'm still awake? here. I'm alive. You're feeling awake. I'm. Oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> are you feeling awake? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I will trust you then. So uh, since my business here is done, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Space Cat Gal. Oh, that was, I was really expecting something terrifying to happen. So <laughs> that's good. Uh, Why? Why? I don't Why? understand this. Yes, Typically, Why? you don't ask someone I if they're fully so awake. I am so nice. <laughs> Usually, uh, don't ask somebody if they're you fully awake. You have never traumatized before. anyone, especially <laughs> yes, on this podcast. That's oh, right. That's God. right. Well, last but not least, or no, that's not when I say that. George Dow, if people are looking for you <laughs> oh. online, where can they find you? Oh, you can check me out on Twitter. It's uh, at George underscore Dow. Or um, you can check out anxiety-videos.com. Which you'll need to do after hearing Georgia yes. whisper for most of I the know. episode in a creepy still voice. I know. listening to the podcast, I'm sorry. I'm happy you can check <laughs> dear all that is left is for steve to say that thing he says every week hopefully not in a whisper so steve take it away oh damn it you ruined it micah (laughs) (laughs) georgia georgia the house is on fire do you go up the stairs or down the stairs up georgia the house is on fire do you save your child or do you (laughs) save the baby Save my Wait, child. Do you save your child? <laughs> what baby is it? Georgia, Georgia. There's a man bleeding on the street and another one is next to him choking to death. Which one do you save? Uh, the, the one bleeding on the street because the person okay. choking has a certain amount of time. Okay. Do you feel wow. more awake now? No, I'm awake. awake. I'm awake. I'm fired. Okay. Okay. There we Choose go. your own adventure, Georgia. Now. Oh, my God. I can't top that. Bye. <laughs> 